Thanks for tuning in to the CHCA Entrepreneurial Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Carter, and on today's episode, we'll be looking more closely at the CHCA Organic Garden. As the business entrepreneurship program continues to grow, the Organic Garden will become a fundamental part of this program. Starting next school year, several high school students will be dedicated to the maintenance of the garden, from the planting, to the weeding, to the harvesting. And on today's episode, I'll be speaking with the garden's founder, alumni Alex O'Brien, class of 2017, who, as a seventh grader, had a vision for an organic garden to teach sustainable principles at Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy. I'll also be speaking with Maria Pancioli. Maria graduated last year in the class of 2019 and is currently studying a degree in horticulture. She took over the garden after Alex graduated and will be speaking to us today about some of the challenges she experienced. Okay, well, joining me on the phone is Alex O'Brien, class 2017 from CHCA. Alex is currently a student at the University of Michigan. Alex, how are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you surviving the quarantine life? (laughs) About the same as everyone else. Hopefully um, a little bit more exciting than um, I would have expected it to be, trying to get some exercise, get out of the house a little bit, but... Overall, nothing, nothing too much is happening. Just waiting, just waiting to get back to work and for everything to reopen. Sure, sure. As uh, as is pretty much the rest of America. Now, Alex, you uh, one of the reasons that I wanted to talk to you today was about your work with the garden at Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy. So this is a garden that actually exists between what is currently the Founders Campus and the Lower Elementary. It's sort of built on that hill in between the two properties. And this is a garden that you actually built, correct? With with your father, your family had a role in this? Yes. Yeah, we we started from scratch. We got few landscaping companies to come help and lay the foundation, but most of the work was done through just our family and school volunteers down at CHCA. Took a bit of work, but once we got the foundation, then everything seemed to come a lot easier from from then on. Now walk me through the process of where did this idea come from? Where where did you start thinking like, hey, we should build a school garden? Yeah, for sure. So it was about seventh or eighth grade when I was on college visits with my brother i was being dragged along as the little brother usually is of course (laughs) and oh of course yes and what ended up happening was once we were given a tour of the campus facilities i saw that on a lot of these campuses there was a huge focus on sustainability as there is even more today in 2020 and i saw that a huge emphasis that a lot of these schools had was on student-run gardens where They could really put their sustainable practices into use on campus, and it gave students the opportunity to learn for themselves while also being able to put the knowledge that they learned in the classroom back to some type of practical use. And from there on, I decided that it might be a good idea to pursue something of the sort, although a little bit ambitious at the time at one of the CHCA campuses. I saw that there was a lot of available land. And I thought that we had the capabilities to do something similar and it could be something really good for students when they were either in middle school or high school to learn about early on in their lives. And 
I didn't think that it needed to wait until college for them to be able to put practices into um, into hands-on learning. I love that. I love that sentiment. That that's exactly what what we uh, what we believe at CHCA. Yeah, yeah. A lot of it was just about um, me thinking that it was it was about a lot of different things combining. It wasn't just about donating the food to a food pantry or students learning. It was a lot of those things in combination because as we're seeing today, this is kind of the fruit of what I was imagining at first with students being able to take the garden on for themselves so that they can learn some leadership skills and being able to run a a team efficiently and communicate with other aspects of the school, whether that be environmental science or the business entrepreneurship program in order to create a successful product. Absolutely. I mean, for for our listeners uh, to understand, so this next year, as we really roll out the business entrepreneurship program, the school garden is going to be a core piece of this. As we work through some of our sustainable practices, some of our farm to school techniques, the garden is going to be at the center of that. And going into next school year, there will actually be between five and seven high school students dedicated to the maintenance of the garden. They're going to be doing the planting, the weeding, the harvesting, which pretty much <laughs> was a, a job for just Alex, right? Just you, uh, when you were going through it, you were kind of mm-hmm. going solo. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of work with just me, a couple family members and some volunteers. Um, I think that the idea that the school is trying to build up on now of having students take control of the project is going to be really efficient as having student volunteers helps everyone. I can feel it helps students learn leadership. It also helps the garden be run efficiently and have a lot of volunteers. Now, what grade were you in at CHCA when you started the building of the garden? I was in seventh grade. So this was really a project for you for your entire upper school experience. It was, yeah. It started when I was about 12 years old in seventh grade. And I would say that most of the main work was finished by the time I was a senior in high school. So give or take about five, six years of solid work that we put in to try to lay the foundation Um, continue on with the basic necessities like weeding, planting, harvesting each year, and of course, experimenting with what types of crops were the most fruitful in each bed and what combinations to pursue. Now, the people, if you've seen the garden, and those of you who haven't, uh, it's a beautiful uh, raised bed garden located, as I said, kind of on, on a slope. And next to it is another large garden area that has been dedicated as a vineyard. Can you tell us a little bit about the decision behind that? Yeah, so the vineyard was seen as more of a long-term prospect type investment as we knew that, as with all vineyards, that they don't really bear fruit until about four years from the installation of it. And so we were thinking it of more as a long-term type of project that future students could take on. And we thought it would be a good thing to pursue because just the amount of bounty that you get from the vineyard is very large once they start once the vines start actually bearing fruit and aside from the weeding it's less uptake it's it's less um keeping up with it that you need to go along with as opposed to the raised bed garden where you have to constantly plant and harvest and do all of these other things with it rotate crops but the vineyard most of it is the initial work and then you bear great results later on so that's 
we're essentially thinking of it as a long-term investment. Now, if you had to go back to that seventh grade Alex O'Brien who had this grand idea and these different plans to put into place, who then probably, I'm guessing, had to overcome some obstacles and deal with some mistakes and various things, what kind of advice would you give to him as he's starting out? I, I would have a lot of things to say. I would say that, first of all, the main thing would be is to get a solid volunteer base that you can really rely on. And as I've learned both in my high school career and in college, having a really efficient, capable, and communicative team behind you is something that's really powerful. And at first it was difficult for me because I personally didn't take as much effort as I wanted to now, looking back on it, to seek out those team members that would completely be behind me. And looking back on it, I probably should have sought out more CHCA students to come behind me on the project. And I think just having other student leaders to work with me would have been very effective because it's a hard thing to do solo, whether or not I had the help of my family or a few other volunteers. It's a hard thing to lead solo. And I think having a combination of students who are willing to do the hands-on work, who are willing to do the actual planning and financials and all of that behind it is something that would have been a lot more effective from the start. Now, you did a lot with the actual planting and, like you said, designing what crop should go in which beds. What were some of the techniques you learned or some of the pairings you learned that yielded the best results from the actual gardening process? So I'll start with a couple of things I realized did not work because, for me, <laughs> those are the main the main learning experiences. Those are the we stepping tried... stones, for sure. Exactly, yeah, stepping stones. One of the ones was corn. We tried planting corn um, one semester. That just, unfortunately, did not work out very well, whether it was the climate or whether the way that we took care of it, it just didn't bear enough. One thing that we found was really productive was tomato plants, surprisingly. And they just tended to grow really well when we planted them. And we got a huge amount of results from that. So that was one thing that we found was really good. Aside from that, one thing that was also surprising was watermelons. And you wouldn't think that watermelons could grow in Cincinnati, but somehow we made it work. And those actually tended to be really valuable because at the time when we were donating pretty much all of our crops to a local food pantry, watermelons were seen as something that was a, a more of a rare commodity, especially a fresh watermelon. And so donating that was something that the food pantry really appreciated. So we focused on that in a couple of our beds and the amount of, of um, harvest that we got just in pure yield in terms of pounds was just incredible. So those were a couple things I learned were really good. Some pairings that did not work were anything that can grow, uh, anything that grows very widespread, vines or anything that can just go across the bed ended up very badly because it started infiltrating the other plants that we planted in half of the raised bed. And that tended to be the case with a lot of our beds. When we tried to split them in half or in thirds, a lot of the crops just tended to invade each other that we put in. And that was probably true because of our lack of knowledge. But once we started focusing on a few crops individually placing their own beds, then we got a lot greater results. Now, you mentioned, obviously, that you started this as a seventh grader. And by your senior year, 
really by the the spring of 2017, you're you're looking at a flourishing a garden that wasn't there previously and now was. And this, I imagine, you know, in addition to just a general sense of accomplishment, also for you probably was a lesson, a real life lesson in how to dream of a project and then execute that project. And one of the things that we talk about the business entrepreneurship students with is it's not just about understanding the principles of business or customer service. It's also about that dreaming big aspect and that problem solving aspect. So as we move into a new year, a new direction for the entrepreneurship program, we're really going to focus on this real world problem solving type mentality. And it sounds like that is something that you really got firsthand experience with through this garden project. Yeah, yeah. So you saw the problem. The problem was, you know, uh, learning more about sustainability and bringing those hands on tools. And then you dreamed of this idea of the garden. The garden came to pass. And then you graduated and went to college. So my question is, how did this experience prepare you for what you were then to go experience in your college program? I would say that it prepared me in a lot of different ways, both in the classroom or with my extracurriculars or with what I'm going through now to applying to medical school. Because what I've noticed throughout college is that a lot of things that you will experience are focused on problem solving and especially working in teams of people. And just for me at Michigan, that's been a huge emphasis working in teams of people. And the garden was absolutely a collaboration between me and other people. For the most part, yes, it was me leading it and who had the idea, but I wouldn't have been able to do it without the help of many other people. And I would say that in terms of having a dream and then being able to complete it, it taught me a lot about the value of commitment and determination. And it may seem almost impossible at first, but for me, the main lesson is once you get a team of people who are really committed to the idea rather than just the product, mainly to the idea of what you have, then you can do something that's really amazing. It really takes a team of people who just have that strong commitment and belief, and then you can accomplish more than you could probably imagine of doing on your own. You know, speaking of that sense of accomplishment, one of the things that plays a part of that is this whole notion of legacy. And at CHCA, we are actively engaged in, you know, connecting with our alumni and bringing them back to the school and creating for them this sense that this is a community that even though they graduate from, there's still a part of them that's left. And I think for you, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of putting words in your mouth, but <laughs> the experience of coming back and, you know, hopefully maybe this, this spring or, or, or this summer, or this fall, seeing the garden in operation, the garden that really was a dream of yours back in seventh grade will probably in some way bring about those feelings of a legacy that was created. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've been back a couple of times in the past few years to take a look. And for me, it's just been incredible to see that it has been taken care of and that it's still flourishing. And the plans that are in place to keep taking care of and grow it, to me, are really outstanding. And it definitely inspires me to come back to CHCA, take a look and reconnect. Well, Alex, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today. And uh, I guess I guess what I'll say is a best of luck in everything. And uh, thanks for creating something that we at CHCA and future generations of students will get to enjoy. Yeah, thanks so much. And thank you for 
being able to continue it and keep on growing it. That was Alex O'Brien, class of 2017, current student at the University of Michigan. And now we're going to transition to Maria Pancioli. Maria took over the CHCA Organic Garden after Alex graduated, and Maria is currently a student at the University of Cincinnati studying horticulture. Joining me on the phone today is Maria Pancioli. Maria is a 2019 graduate of Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy. Maria, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, of course. So you last year, and really even before that, you were pretty involved at the garden at Cincinnati Hills and involved in the garden program, maintaining that garden. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got into that particular field? Sure. So my interest with the garden, I would attribute to um, a weekend youth group, actually, where we were talking about food deserts. Um, and it was a completely new concept to me at the time. But um, but later that week, I was <laughs> dropping Luke off at school, my younger brother, and I noticed a sign off to the right um, that just said CHGA Organic Garden and I was like, oh, it just piqued my interest, having just heard about food deserts and sort of what we can be doing to um, help in that arena. And so I sort of began inquiring about it and how I could get involved and ended up learning that um, the O'Brien family had created it and was running it at the time. And I was on the cross country team with Alex. And so um I just sort of started talking with him and got involved pretty quickly after that. So when you say food desert, uh, for our listeners, so a food desert is an area, it's usually an urban area, where there's a difficulty to find fresh food or even affordable fresh food. So to what extent, you mentioned this was at kind of a youth group outing, to what extent did that particular concept speak to you? Were, were you surprised by that knowledge were you inspired to do something about that knowledge like like what was it specifically yeah so when I initially learned about food deserts I was pretty frustrated by just the concept um just thinking about all of the families who rely on gas stations and mini marts for the bulk of their food and I'm not entirely sure what about it right off the bat was so compelling, but it was just one of those things where I learned a little bit about it and was completely enthralled and wanting to help. It's interesting that you mentioned the gas station and mini mart as a primary source for, for groceries. One of the concepts that Michael Pollan discusses in considering the health of, of what you eat is to avoid filling your body at the same place that you fill your car. Now, for for some of us, that's a choice. We can choose to not get our groceries from a gas station, but in a food desert, there often is no choice. It's either the gas station or a mini mart, neither of which will have fresh vegetables or produce, and you're pretty much forced to choose between one processed food or another. So you you mentioned that this impacted you during your high school experience. Was this your, your, your junior year of high school? So I actually started volunteering at the garden my first year oh so as a freshman yeah I started right off the bat um just sort of volunteering during the summer and then when Alex graduated I um, decided to sort of start managing and carried it through through my senior year 
Now, the produce from the school garden is uh, being donated to, is it the Life Food Pantry in Loveland? Is that correct? Yeah. Do you have any idea, Maria, kind of off the top of your head? I know you don't have all these facts and figures in front of you, but I mean, how much produce are we talking about in a single growing season that mm-hmm. that uh, the garden was able to donate? Yeah, so the garden when I joined was still pretty new. So we were still kind of getting our foothold. But I would say by the time I was a senior, we were probably several hundred to maybe a thousand pounds a season, if I had to guess. We had some sort of generalized figures during the time. But yeah, if I were to guess, it'd be around there. Now, your senior year, you were pretty much doing the garden single-handedly. You were starting the seeds in the greenhouse, and you were planting them and harvesting them. And I remember I, I talked to you at one point about some of these concepts, about how you know you were learning about the actual planting of the seed. You were learning about you know uh, the weeding and the watering, the tending, and then even the harvesting. So in your experience, how does that full picture of, you know, not just one part of the gardening process, but doing it from start to finish, how did that shape your current interest in horticulture? Yeah, I would say there's something about gardening. It's it's just a very tangible process. You know, your successes and your failures are right in front of you and they're, they're very apparent. And So when you get to the end of the season and you sort of just look back on every step and all of the things that you did well and all of the things that could have gone better, um, it, it was enough for me to just continue driving forward and trying to improve every, every time. And just to point out all of this while still a student at Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy, right? I mean, this wasn't exactly, this didn't replace several of your classes. This was in addition to your course load. Yeah. So at what point did you decide that horticulture, that, that ultimately this idea of the science behind the plants and, and things like that would become the main pursuit for your, your college? Sure. So it's actually funny that you just um, mentioned that this was on top of all of my CHCA work. I can't even really tell you what was happening on this particular day, but there was a very distinct moment where I just sat down looking like kind of up on the hill, looking out at the garden. And I was like, I failed. Like there is so much potential here. And I just sat down in pretty heavy frustration. Um, As much as, as much as I was able to produce, there was always so much more that I wanted to be able to do. Um, And, you know, when you experience something like that, I, I think you should listen to it. And so with the with the prospect of being able to pour much more of my time and energy into projects like this, it was pretty apparent to me that that's what I needed to be moving towards. Now, you are you're currently at the University of Cincinnati, correct? Yeah. And and what is the major that you are involved in? Horticulture. And with with regard to that, so you're obviously, as as is the rest of really society, impacted right now by the COVID-19 quarantine. Yeah. So I would venture to guess, and not knowing too much about how the horticulture classes at UC work, I would venture to guess it's, it's tricky on some level to do any kind of hands-on experience with horticulture 
in a remote learning environment. So given the fact that your classes have all translated to online classes right now, what does that look like from regard or with regard to hands-on knowledge of horticulture? Yeah, so it's definitely a big shift for our program as a whole. Um, the majority of my classes were either outside or partially outside or at a completely, completely different location from UC's main campus. Um, just sort of getting that hands-on experience and really looking at what we are studying. Um, so recently, it's been a lot of, um, you know, all of the lectures and things, but it's been, it's been tough to sort of grasp this new, this new feel. Um, luckily, I have had my experience with Turner Farm and that's given me a lot of that other side with the hands-on learning that I've really appreciated at UC. So I don't think I have been struggling with it as much as some of my classmates, probably my professors as well. Now to back up just a little bit. So Turner Farm, this is a this is a farm in Indian Hill, Ohio. And Turner Farm was heavily involved with last year's CHCA's food symposium. And you are actually, you've been hired as one of Turner Farm's interns this year, correct? Yep. So what, can you tell us a little bit about that process? How did you first discover that Turner Farm had an internship program? What made you want to apply? What was that, what was that process like for you? So earlier my, in this year, my first semester, I was working at a little organic urban farm, urban earth farm in Lower Price Hill with another UC student who was managing it her name is Katie McDowell. And I just sort of went up to her one day and I was like, I love being here. It's the best part of my week. I want to be here more. I want to be doing this. How do I, how do I move forward? And she had had an internship experience at Turner as well. And she was like, quite frankly, I think it's probably one of the best steps that you can take in sort of seeing the full scope of agriculture here in Cincinnati and sort of just exploring it full time and seeing what it's it really feels like. So I would definitely say that she had a huge impact on me t- turning towards Turner. Now, as all of these businesses, restaurants, bars, retail stores, as they've all been closing, one of the things that has remained constant is, is the need for food. And we've been hearing these news stories about farms and even local farmers and dairy farmers. And because there is no longer this direct line to the restaurant industry, a lot of these products have been going to waste. We hear stories about farmers tilling over the produce in their fields and dairy farmers pouring out the milk because there's no way yet the structure in place to get this to the direct consumer. Turner Farm, however, has still been in operation um, despite a storm last week that kind of shut down the road a little bit. And as a result, your internship is still a go, correct? Correct. And has this officially started for you? It has. I've been there for about two weeks now. So can you walk us through some of the things that you've been doing in this sort of early part of the season of gardening? Yeah. So recently, a lot of my work has consisted of seeding and transplanting little seedlings that were started a few weeks before my internship. Um, so it's been a lot of repetition in terms of, you know, just really getting us off the ground for the season and sort of just 
preparing our fields, some slight tilling here and there. Now, given, you know, you, you, you've already gone through um, your first year at UC and you're starting this internship program, looking back on Maria as the high school student, the high school student who sort of single-handedly was maintaining this garden, experiencing some frustration, what are some tips, some horticulture tips that you now have that you wish you would have known back when you were in high school? Gosh, I have learned so much this year. I would say... I think the biggest thing that I would tell myself is that it is a tedious process and that it's really important to stay patient. There are so many factors in horticulture and agriculture that we just can't control, like the storm that you mentioned last week. And these things, they really, like I said, they, they frustrated me um, last year. And I've sort of just grown in the sense that I recognize agriculture as partially something that's not in our control whatsoever. And there's a lot of science that like science knowledge that I would give to myself back then in order to like boost the yields at CHS garden and vineyard. But I think my overall advice would be more on the other side of the sort of just recognizing it as a process and staying steady and focused. <laughs> Especially to uh, the Maria sitting on the side of the hill in frustration yeah. <laughs> over things outside of her control. Yeah. You know, one of the things, this this whole quarantine process has been fascinating from some of the things that it's reignited in people, a desire to learn. Many of these lost arts, more or less, one of them being cooking, a lot of you know basic to advanced cooking techniques, preserving food. And one of the things we've been hearing more and more about is people returning to this concept of victory gardens, a concept originating back in the World War II era during food shortages and scarcities, where people really began this concept of what would it look like to have a small garden plot at home. And as a result of this, I've been looking at some of these seed companies, and there are there are some of these seed companies out there who are on back order, on hold, who can't meet the demand because so many people are reigniting this interest in having a garden at home. Now, you obviously are approaching this with several years of experience, and I'm curious, what kind of advice would you give to that person who's just starting out, putting in a raised bed in their backyard, they don't know, you know, should they plant basil? Should they plant tomatoes? What grows best where? Like, what what kind of advice? You've already said, like, stay patient. But, mm-hmm. you know, actual, real, tangible advice for them to get this project off the ground. Yeah, so I would say start small and really do your homework on your priorities. So, If there are foods that you really love to have in your kitchen, start with those. Try not to get too big too quickly. (laughs) It can be really exciting, but it can also get really overwhelming quickly. So there there are some resources that I would recommend. I am currently, I was given the book for Turner Farm, actually for my internship, The Market Gardener. Um, I would also look into Elliot Coleman, I think to spark the initial interest in the overall food system, uh, Michael Pollan is a great, (laughs) definitely will get you excited. Yeah, I would say 
start small, do some homework. There's a lot of graphs and references that you can just find online as well. And then talking to other people in the field who've had experience. I know when I was starting at the garden, I called my grandma a lot because she's been an avid gardener for years and years and years. And so her help was also a huge to me. So what, what are some of your favorite things to plant? You know, like what, what's a vegetable that you look forward to planting each year or that's a fun experience for you? I love kale and I love tomatoes and tomatillos. They're just, I don't know. They're definitely just like a taste of summer for me. The combination of both is just fun and light and delicious, especially when you're growing it very close to home. What's one of your favorite things to do with tomatillos? Honestly, I just use them as a snack in my garden. I know a lot of people <laughs> will use them in cooking and will make salsas and all sorts of things, but I just, I eat them ripe and fresh. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's been great talking to you, Maria, and it sounds like you're doing wonderful things. Obviously, our listeners, if you're Cincinnati-based, then check out Turner Farm for some of their produce this season. It's a wonderful place to go and uh, and see the animals they have and the great vegetables and everything. And you might even see Maria there this summer working on her internship. But thanks so much for joining me, Maria, and uh, we appreciate everything that you're doing. Yeah, thank you. My guests today were Alex O'Brien, class of 2017, and Maria Pancioli, class of 2019, to talk about the CHCA Organic Garden. If you haven't been to see the Organic Garden, check it out this spring or this coming fall at Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy. That concludes this episode of the CHCA Entrepreneurial Podcast. Tune in next time for more to come.